the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Jets episode on the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. As always, I'm joined by my boy, Alex. What's up, Alex? How you doing, man? What's going on, John? I'm chilling right now, enjoying the nice day. We had a very nice, cool day in New York. I don't know how it was out for you in Staten Island, but it was a nice 77 degrees up here. Very nice, cool weather. Could go outside, hang out. Yeah, man. I mean, took took advantage of it. Dude, the weather is perfect. Mini camp just ended for the Jets. NBA playoffs are in full tilt. The Euro Cup is going. Like you and the Euro Cup, man. You're, you're speaking like a foreign language to me. No, like I get it. I'm look. There are people who are who are, who are football heads, soccer heads, whatever you want to call it. I totally get it, respect it. I'm not knocking it. To me, it's just like a different language. It's like coming. You know, people will say um, you're speaking Greek. It all sounds Greek to me. Legit. <laughs> Being the Greek guy on this on this pod, it all sounds Greek to me. So. You talk fair. about this, it's like a whole other another language, my man. Fair enough, fair enough. So let's uh let, let's get into one of your favorite languages. Ooh. Unfortunately for you, the New York Jets. Woo. And as as we mentioned, their mini camp is done. And last week we talked about the defense. No, last week we talked about the offense, sorry. This week we'll talk about the defense, but first we need a, we need to give you guys an update. On the offense, because, dude, I mean, I know I'll come out right now and say it. You know, I, I I was a little worried about Zach Wilson, and I hate getting excited about non-football games, like non-regular season games. I hate and practice, of course, like during the regular season. Other than that, I really don't like to get excited. But everything coming out of camp is positive, and at least it's positive. I mean, just I, I, just in some just some contrast. Trevor Lawrence not getting great news. You know what I mean? I'm glad. I'm just I'm glad that's just not what's happening. So just just for the baseline, man. How you feeling about Zach Wilson? I know you were in that camp with me. How you feeling about just just I know I know. But like we have we have rookies everywhere. We have rookies. I know we coach, got rookies, rookies everywhere. Court. Yeah. Like how you feeling, man? The mini camp just ended. Like what's what's your mindset right now? The Knicks are over. The Knicks are done. Get it out of your mind. We're in Jet season. Hey, OTAs. We're we we're here for OTAs, right? So, my thing about Zach Wilson seeing all the tweets, the media relations that go with it, it's all been positive as as you stated. All right, I can't dismiss that, which is a good thing. Things are looking positive. My thing with the New York Jets, though, and I know you never got this more so with the the beat writers. I actually know you 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 kind of got this with the beat writers where they give you the positive vibes. Oh, things are looking good in camp. You know things are kind of going mate, the way that it, uh, that a way that you would want to hear it to go. Right? I've never seen still, I've never seen a positive so I've never seen po- so much positive energy from that, the players and like like from the beat writers towards the players and the head coaches. I've never seen that, that before. And the GM, that, I've never that, seen it. That's where I was getting to. So usually like I could just think back to the Sanchez era that we had. There was a lot of like good things going on. You have back to back two AFC championships. You go into the next year. All right. We know that they want to put a little bit more on Mark Sanchez's hand. 
yeah, sure, you know, you have everyone saying, can he do this or whatnot? But for the most part, you'd hear, like, what's his name? Uh, Eric Allen, like, hyping up the team. Granted, he is with the team, so he has to hype him up. You can't take everything that he says for, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, you can't take everything as gospel from him because it's meant to be spewed as, like, positive news about the Jets. I get that. But even still, when you're reading, like, Rich Samini, even, you know, reporters like uh, Manish Mehta, there was still some, like, positive good nature going into the season so this is where i'm still like i'm happy to hear that everyone's positive everyone's on the same level new regime everything's going everything's going well right it's like your first it's your first day in the office everything's gonna go well well you know everything you're getting all the easy tasks you're doing all the the good stuff making you feel good I gotta wait until the season comes up. Yeah, I, I, like I, 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 we did this last season with Darnold. We're like, oh, this is the year for Darnold. We're seeing all these videos. Yeah. One yep. Jets drive is getting you amped. Uh, <laughs> They're about to drop. They're about to drop too. I know the. Four, I know. <laughs> I'm not doing that though. I can't. Yeah. I really can't. I, I I have to do. I have to stop myself. I legitimately have to stop myself. Yeah. It is like uh, <laughs> it's like having a bad addiction. Going back to the well every single time is like, man, they did me dirty last year. But let me go back and watch these things get hyped all over again. And you keep going through this vicious cycle. But I'll take it. This time it's going to be different. But this time it's going to be different. I know. And this time's going to be different. Okay. Yeah. We all know that line too. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going in there with cautious optimism. Okay. I like the things that I've been seeing. I'm going to end my spiel on that. But it's good. It's good. It's good to see these things from coach. You're you're from everyone. You know, you want to go, you want to go in with positive vibes. You can't go in there being negative, but everyone's, and the th- other thing is that it seems like everyone's getting to work, you know? Yeah. So especially, those, yeah, those it's, especially like, especially uh, the fact that, man, we have a quarterback and we don't have to talk about it anymore. And we seem to have an offensive line. We don't have to talk about it anymore. You know what I mean? The, the, I know we're going to, we're going to, now talk about Makai Becton's foot. We're going to talk about the right guard, which I believe just based on minicamp reports that it's going to be Greg Van Roten. So we're going to see mm-hmm. how that's going to go. So we're going to get concerns from, you know, I guess the right guard and the center. Maybe a fan's not, you know, together. But, I mean, the offensive line is good to go. I mean, there's really no complaints there. I think the first issue on the offense is going to be the tight ends. Mm. And what's really interesting, just since we're on the Zach Wilson topic, he's been, I mean, here's the thing, Alex, we've been talking about the philosophy of Robert Salah. We've been talking about the philosophy of LaFleur. We've been talking about what San Francisco runs, what the Shanahan's run. And we've been kind of right on, what kind of offense they're going to run, and they've been confirming it. And we know that the tight ends are important. We know that the speedy receivers are important on the outside and that can run in the the middle of the field. And we know that the running backs catching out of the backfield is important. And that's the kind of positions that we all added, except for tight end. So the news coming out is Herndon, is taking a back seat right now, and it, again, it's so early. If you can't be po- if you can't be super hyped on Zach Wilson, you can't be super down on Herndon, right? You have to be fair. So, but the news is that Herndon is practicing with the second team, and Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin are getting the first team reps. And 
honestly, from all accounts, from the from the writers, they've been catching some nice balls from Zach Wilson. So I'll I'll ask you, are you concerned about the tight end position, especially because just from our guesstimate at least, without seeing a preseason game, that they're going to be important and they're going to be relied upon in this offense. And generally they're relied upon by rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not heavily concerned, but I'm not, not concerned. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got what you're saying. Yeah. You, you know, like it's a position that needs to be addressed. We think we have it addressed with Chris Herndon, although he hadn't had a good season last year. He was injured for his second year. He I don't showed think something anybody his thinks first it's year. I don't think anybody on the on the earth thinks it turned in. I don't think anyone does, but I'm not saying that it's solved. But the guy who's supposed he's it's not. How should I say this? He's not the de facto. He's kind of like the de facto guy. You know what I mean? Young guy has potential. We've seen the potential. It, it should be him. Um, it's kind of like Mitchell Robinson. You know, it should be him. <laughs> like for the Knicks, like you know, it should be him. He's shown you flashes that it should be him. However, we don't have enough to say he is that guy. You know what I mean? I think those are actually the most two comparable pieces if you like both the Knicks and the Jets that they're both there. Obviously, I think Mitch is more talented in his sphere than Herndon is, but I think those are like the two comps that you can kind of, I can get behind with saying that. You're giving me the yeah, no. I think that's, I think think Mitch is going to start and I don't think, I don't think Chris Herndon is. But that's the thing. I think Chris Herndon, as of right now, he's not a starter because based off the tape that he gave us last season. uh, Not injury, but based off the the tape that he got last season, you can't give him that starting job. He has to work for it. He's got no else hands, bro. Like that's, that's my issue. I agree. So, I'm concerned. I don't necessarily think it needs to be addressed this season. There's a lot of things that need to be addressed. I think a tight end is a luxury. I think they can address that in free agency maybe next season um, or through the draft next season. But it's a progress to get to the tight end. You know, honestly, I think you need an offensive line first before you even get to the tight end. Because you need – Which is why it's important. Yeah, so you need to get the guy so that way you can find him. That way you can give him the time to get open because he's also a blocker too, right? And to see Griffin is doing well, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Griffin. He gave that weird quote. We all know the, the feelings <laughs> about Griffin. Um, it's two years ago, man. Let's move on. Yeah, but we got a new, we're in a new regime, and so I I think it's more about the fact that our tight end position is going to be utilized heavily, which is mm-hmm. kind of new for the, at least for the Jets standpoint, and something we got to get used to. And I think it's a plug and play. We're looking for better tight ends, but this is how we're going to run it. And I'm excited for how these guys are going to do and who's going to come out. But I'm really excited for how we're going to start addressing this position moving forward. Well, uh, not yeah, this you, year, but, you know, moving forward. Yeah, moving forward, I think we can be prepared for. This season, you know, we we know what San Fran had. They had George Kittle, and he's just one of the top oh, tight yeah. ends in the game. You see what the, that they were able to utilize him. We don't have a guy that we can utilize like that. Uh, I think what we're going to get from them is like a lot of drag routes, a lot of short routes, seam passes, just quick release passes, getting it to them. And if they can catch it, great. I I don't think they're going to be the guys that wow you. Uh, I think they're going to get the least amount of target share. I think maybe somewhere between 5 to 12% is what you can lock them in for in, in my head because you're going to utilize the guys on the outside and then your slot more so than them. Just because the talent, they're going to be good blocking tight ends. Pass okay. catchers, if Griffin can give me what he did two years ago, 
Yeah, I think he's going to be put in that position. I really do. I think that yeah. I think Lafleur is going to demand it from his tight ends. And that that that's really the point I'm trying to make. I think that w- w- what I'm getting out of the what I'm getting is not only is Lafleur going to demand the tight ends, but also Zach Wilson, rookie. He's he's also utilizing them. And as you said, you just mentioned his pass catchers. He's also utilizing those guys too. All we're hearing about is the crafty guys, Elijah Moore, our rookie, my guy, your <laughs> guy, who was the best college. Football wide receiver. Hasn't uh, taken pro snap yet, and I already got all the stock in him. I love I'm it. on that island. I love it. You should be on Elijah Moore Island. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be uh like Nostradamus if you were on Elijah Moore Island and then he did well. Like that's like you are like that's that's a safe bet. You know what he you know what I mean? He should be good. So well, that's I think he'll be better than well. I think he's about to be one of those guys that we talk about in the league, like, oh my god, he is one of the top premier slot wide receivers. That's why I'm thinking. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about expectations uh, as as we get a little bit closer to the year. But yeah, where well, I'm excited about Elijah Moore, I'm ex- I know people have been laughing about it, but I'm excited about Braxton Berrios, dude. I think he's going to get a lot of touches in this offense. This offense is perfect for him. I think he's been getting better uh, game by game. I think he he looks huge this offseason. He looks like he got jacked. Yeah. Uh, he looks quick. I, I, I don't know. From all hey, accounts, and- I think him and Zach Wilson are gonna are gonna be best friends. You you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm good. I was about to talk about it. Look, you have Jed Social out there with Braxton Berrios and Zach Wilson walking off the practice field together side by side. You see a lot of Braxton Berrios in these highlights for the clips that they're giving us. I think he's going to be utilized, and you know he's been running with the first team. He's been getting those reps. So as of right now, if you're getting reps with the first team, whether it's through mini whether it's through mini camp, going into OTAs now. That's elite, man. Those are the important reps that you need. And if Zach Wilson, you know, building that repertoire with the young QB, if he can trust you, you know, we talked about this last season. We watched every single game. We watched every single game and then we watched all the film again. All right. We watched it about two, three times mm-hmm. every week. And you and I both agree like Barrios has talent. It's not like he, he's not, it's not surprise. Like he's not, uh, it's not a shock. The dude can play, you know, he's, He'll catch the ball, get you. He, he's very good at getting you the yak. So I'm not surprised that he's doing well. He's not going to be that flashy guy that jukes, spin moves, gets into the wide open field, but he'll get the, he'll get the catch, run straight, put his shoulders down and get the extra yards that you need. And we'll see. I, I, it's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah. I agree, man. So but I also I'll, think, I also, I also want to say, sorry, it's also oh. like a product of a uh, Jameson Crowder also. I was about to say, Talk about talk about taking the words out of my mouth. That was literally what I was about to say. I was just about to say this is all under the umbrella of Jameson Crowder, and he kind of mentioned that it was his last year. He knows it. He said it's a business. Everybody kind of knows this is his last year. He was a cut candidate. We all knew it, um, and I think he's going to be the leader uh, of of these guys. It's going to be Crowder, on, like under his umbrellas, Elijah Moore and Braxton Barris, and I'm really excited about those guys. On the other hand, we have Corey Davis, who mm-hmm. I want to talk about uh, his little rift with, uh, you know, welcome to New York media. But real quick, Denzel Mims, last year's second round pick, he is downgraded to the second team in place of Keenan Cole, who, okay, he's been doing well. I mean... I, I, again, I don't want I don't want to put too much stock in it, but that's just the news right now. Mims has been with the second team, and Corey Davis, Cole, 
Berrios were with the first team, uh, along with Elijah Moore, while Crowder was out. So that's just the news coming out of there. But let's just touch on Corey Davis and his little rift with Rich Semini. Rich Semini today with the media, who I like to point out is not only the longest tenured Jet Beat writer, he's been literally covering them since they were the Titans, which is insane. He's a thousand. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, the point is, I usually I really do like Rich's writing, uh, but he does like to stir the pot, which yep. I'm sure I'm sure I can't blame him, man. He's been part of the Jets for that long. I mean, think about it. <laughs> like it's he's hooked, man. <laughs> he's been part of the Jets as long as the Jets have been alive. How do you expect? How do you expect the man to act? <laughs> well, let me say this. Let me say this. All right. Once you're established in a profession, career, job, whatever. You know, and you get the age behind it, behind you, you start to not give a damn what you're about to say to people and what you're going to ask. And it's kind of like, I have the leash to ask these type of questions because I know I'm not losing my job. <laughs> and so today's comment about with uh, Corey Davis about Sam Darnold and him being excited to be playing with Sam Darnold when we first got here and giving him the affirmation and uh, the confidence and whatnot. And you just see Corey Davis give you the side eye, turn the head like, bruh, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what are we actually doing here? With because you follow it up, Alex. That was the, I, I was really, that was really, that's really my only criticism. Yes, I get it, dude. He mm-hmm. said that to you about Sam Darnold. You kind of want to give him a jab. Maybe Corey Davis could have made that easier and just said, oh, yeah. He, I mean, he did say that Darnold was a quarterback at the time, but he could have just kept talking about Zach Wilson, how great he is, and just kind of moved on. You know, just kill him with kindness. But he was annoyed because of the follow-up. Like, he did the first time, he kind of, like, let him go. He's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, he was a quarterback at the time. Zach, but then he's like, he did a follow-up. And, like, why is he in the line? He's like, come on, man. Like, he's like, Zach is a quarterback. Like, let's move on. Like, so... That that kind of bothered me, and you know, welcome, welcome to New York. I think the head. It's kind of funny that we can't find anything negative, and we're kind of pulling strings. And it feels good. It feels good that this is what we have to do now to find negative press. And the last thing uh, I'll say. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No, I was gonna say the last thing I'll say as I'm moving on is to Dan Feeney, who I think is gonna be the new Theo Pinson. The new twelfth man, uh, or the fifty-sixth man of the of the of the New York Jets, because he was just a pickup from the Chargers, and now the Jets are fan favorites and league favorites at the Islanders games. They're running the show. Dan Feeney and his mullet drinking beers. Everyone's hyped. Zach Wilson running the offensive line over there. I mean, the camaraderie is great. It, it, it does mean something that they're becoming friends before they're even taking a snap. The offensive line. And and Zach Wilson and you know kudos to Dan Feeney for doing that man. Hey, this is something you know when I was writing about the Jets for uh, Empire Rights Back, talking about the importance of camaraderie and the line being synced, like just just knowing one one another, like that's the biggest part of playing offensive line, having that type of relationship, that bond. You guys are together. Five, you're with each other every single day. Like you, you're the front five. Like you need to have the best. The communication for the offensive line is so critical for a successful team. It, I think it goes under the radar for how important it really is for guys to understand codes, who to pick up, and just getting on that same level for blocking assignments. That's 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 the that's the game changing level in offensive play. 
understanding who the guard should pick up, understanding if there's a blitz, if someone switches to a different gap and quickly being able to communicate and get an understanding of who's blocking who to create the gaps in the opening, whether it's the one hole, two hole, so forth. Like those are important skill sets. So seeing like the offensive line and the quarterback look like they're their buddy, 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 pal, like that's, that's important stuff. I think that can't really go understated, but I just do want to say this about uh, Mr. Feeney. Uh, and I don't mean from uh, Boy Meets World. I'm talking about Mr. Feeney that's been attending the game. It is comical because when I saw him, I was like, is that just a regular dude? Like, he looks like just a regular <laughs> guy in the stands, bro. Like, honestly, he really does. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, That's exactly what we need. He's just our, If he could be Arthur Pinson, fill in too, he's going to be – that would be great. Just don't hold, man. Just don't hold. But <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the defense, which I think is going to be – our biggest concern, and they definitely have our worst unit. So it's really not all hunky-dory. They have our, our best unit and our worst unit, both on the defense. Where do you want to start with, Alex? Start with the defense, man. Yeah, the best or the worst defense. part of it? You want to say the best or the worst part of the defense? Start with the worst part. All right, so the worst part. The worst part of the defense is definitely the DBs, man. The good news is... Marcus May is back. Thank the Lord. I mean, it's just hilarious when you look at this depth chart and you can even have the gall to say, do not sign Marcus May. I mean, it's, it's, it is bare bones out there. So Marcus May, he still doesn't have his contract. He, I'm assuming he's going to get it and he's showing some good faith by mm-hmm. showing up. Uh, his deadline is July 15th. I really do expect something to happen by then, especially the fact that they restructured Crowder. They got some money back there. I really do think that the May contract extension is coming. It has to do. Like, honestly, like it has to. Like, who are we going to rely on? Are we relying on Ashton Davis, who is, as of right now, our starting strong safety? Are we, are we relying on Bryce Hall, Javelin Goodry, and uh, Bless Austin? Like, I mean, for the safeties, for the safeties, it's really Marcus May, like you said, Ashton Davis, and then. Don't forget, we, we did side LaMarcus Joyner, and he's going he, he's gonna to play safety. So he, I mean, he's there. And then we did get Elijah Campbell. Uh, he's from, you know, he's from San Francisco. He, he should be fine. You're right. Right. It's right. bad. I'm just, it's bad. It's bad. I'm just talking about it's the bad. entire secondary. No, it's bad. No, no, I'm saying like the safeties are bad, dude. I mean, it's bare bones. You're right. Like it, it, it's Joyner and May, and I'm excited for that, but it is bare. If May is not there and it's Ashton Davis and LaMarcus Joyner, God help us all. <laughs> Because as you said, and we're about to get into it, the DBs under them are just spectacularly bad. Spectacularly it, bad. It's rough, bro. Really, really is rough. I mean, I man, I think we I have really two CB two. I really hope Salah can make like work out of this, like Tom Thibodeau for the New York Knicks, because yeah. we need we need a decent secondary for this upcoming season, man, we saw that we got torched last season. It was bad. You know, even the year before that, when we had Jamal Adams, uh, we, I don't know if you want to talk about him today, but uh, you know, we, we saw what it's like when we can't defend anything. We had an average pass, like pass defense when he was here last season, it dropped, you know, we're talking about close. I forget. I think it was around the 20th range somewhere, somewhere hovering around there. It was just bad, man. We allowed everything. We allowed everyone to throw on us, pass on us. It didn't even matter. You can even throw the QB out there. We they probably get a touchdown on us. We can't have that going into the season. We know it's a passing league. 
something needs to change. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think we get? What do you think we're going to get out of this? Let me ask you, let me be more direct. What are we going to get out of this second unit? Do you see anything good? Do you think that this second unit right now is going to be average at best? Average at best would be the best case scenario. Like yeah, average would be the best case scenario because I I'm expecting I don't, I really, I am really expecting Salah to do, to do what Tibbs did for the Knicks and use his strengths, which is going to be his defensive line, which we'll get into. And Mm -hmm. they have to put the team on their back and the DBs on their back because they they know what's behind them. You know what I'm trying to say? Because I think that we have about three CB2s and Bryce Hall, Lamar Jackson, and I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Pinock up there. I think right. I, I think they could I think they're all CB twos. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think any of them are CB ones. What's crazy is that we're going in there with probably the youngest cornerback group because between tough. all of them, yeah, all of them they're all second year pros. Like they're all two year pros. Like nothing. Pinock is free rookie. I'm saying, but like as of right now, the depth chart. If we're talking about our starters. Our presumptive starters, which is, you know, Bless. Javelin Goodry, Bless Austin. Those guys, all of them, two years experience. All right. It's a little rough. It's a little rough. We're not talking, none of these guys are like the next Darrell Revis or anything out there, but <laughs> we're like, going to be playing zone. I, I, I know he said man. I feel like we have to be playing zone out there. I feel like zone is coming a lot because to ask them to play man. That's a tough, that's a tall, that's a tall order, man, because that requires a lot of strength, a lot of conditioning, a lot of understanding, a lot of body reading. And I think that takes time to really understand how wide receivers move their body and just looking at the game film on a day-to-day basis and getting those reps, right? Like that's, that's what it is uh, when it comes to them. But we'll sidetrack here uh, because we are not only football fans, we are also basketball fans. The Atlanta Hawks just beat the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's just wild. They're up 3-2 now. I This is a good team. I do not feel bad that the Knicks lost to them now. <laughs> Dude, they put, they just overcame a 26-point deficit. But let's, wild. Let's, that, that, that was wild. But, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Back to the Jets. I agree. The, second, the, the secondary is going to be bad. And my question to you, just to wrap up the secondary, do you think we're going to add anyone? Before the year, I mean, I we we've been talking about Richard Sherman, but there's also Stevie Nelson out there. There's Breland, there's Denard, there's DJ Hayden. There's a couple guys out there. Roby Coleman out, out there. Do you let me let me throw this back to you? Do any do you think any of them are a true CB one? No, and I also think that they're going to take away reps from any of the and other you guys. Answer my question. Yeah. And you answer my question. If you're not getting a true CB1, and there would not be a true CB1 at this point, this way into free agency that would be unsigned, that would be utilized on any team, that's just that's asking a lot. But why sign somebody just to, as you said, take reps away from guys who are, who are year two vets and take away reps from them? Like, they need to learn at some point and get the experience playing these guys, you know? You can't do that. You can't do that. You, they need to get on the field. They need to exper- like learn how to read real time. You can, film only does so much. So, so I don't think the Jets are going to 
waste money on signing another cornerback. I think they got enough, you know, I, I, I put air quotes depth, even though it's not really depth, but they have enough guys in the second at the cornerback position where I think adding another one would just make it more crowded in the sense that now you're just limiting who gets reps. All right. Yeah, I, I agree, dude. And right under the, like right under them, which is going to be, I know I've been crying about it, how bad we've been playing against the tight ends, which of course has to do with the DBs also has to do with our will linebacker. It looks like, it looks like it's going to be Hamza, a rookie from FSU. And I don't think that Blake Cashman is fitting in too well, just from reports, you know, uh, so just, you know, keep your eye on that. Now onto the defensive line, our biggest strength, and what's really going to have to hold is really going to be where this team lives and dies. They're, I mean, they're actually going to carry our team because Carl Lawson, he's the most, I think, underrated player on the Jets right now. He's going to be our best player. Next to Quinnen Williams and Sheldon Rankins, who didn't show up for the OTAs, he did come from minicamp. I think Carl Lawson. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think that it's gonna he's gonna be a he's gonna be a wrecking show, man. And the the way he talks, the way he, how comfortable he is about Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z being the top anime out there. Shout out to when shout is- out to DJ, man. Shout out to our boy DJ for asking that question. For asking that question, yes. Thank you, DJ. Thank you for asking the real stuff, okay? Thank you for asking the fun stuff instead of, uh, are you upset? Uh, are you confused? Are you, uh, what, what are your thoughts about Sam Darnold, even though that he's not here? What, do you, what is your thought about that situation? Come on, guys. I get it. Everyone likes to be messy. I want to know some pop culture stuff about these guys, too. What are you interested in, huh? What do you like to do, Mr. Football Player? Um, but no, I agree. I think Carl Austin is, uh, I think he's going to be, the guy leading this defense, you know, along with CJ Mosley, if CJ Mosley can come back to being his true form, I think them alone between not them alone. And then you also obviously have our guy. uh, (laughs) uh, Wow. Yeah. Q will, uh, you know, a great run stop. We're going to have an awesome run stop. I'm just excited for that. Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely our strength. And that really wraps it up on the defensive side of the ball besides forgot to mention Gerard Davis, Gerard Davis. Actually, he came out and he gave this whole testimonial about how this is going to be an uplifting year. He's also supposed to be our will linebacker slash pass rusher. I don't know where they're going to put him. They said he's going to be a Sam. Some people say he's going to be a will. I, that's why I'm excited for preseason, but um, you know, Gerard Davis coming out of Detroit on the one year deal on the prove it deal. Let's see, man. Let's see what he can do. I I don't want to. I don't want to forget about him. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what him like. I think for him, it's a it's a long, that's a long trek, you know, being being <laughs> being that guy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But moving right. on. Well, that that about wraps it up for the Jets. For me, except for I, um, as always, I cannot go through a Jets episode without saying we need a kicker so bad, so bad, I'm gonna cry. But besides that, for our et cetera today, Alex, I just want to touch on those Yankees. Last episode, last week's episode, you were getting into uh, you were getting into your feelings a little bit about the Yankees. You're feeling down like everybody else about the Yankees. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, Cole is using peanut butter on his baseballs. I, 
everyone's some glass now using sunscreen. I don't care what anyone's using on anything. Spider tech. I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't care that the Yankees lost a couple games on the stretch. Okay, you know how many games we are out of the wild card right now? Three and a half. Three and a half games. The world's not over. We're in June. Everything is fine. If you if the if, is it, it's kind of how the analogy I like to put for basketball. If the field goal percentage is down in the first half, guess what? That team's coming back because it's just going to even out. It always evens out. No team shoots twenty percent during the game. So if you shoot twenty percent in the first half, you're going to shoot like sixty percent in the second half. You'll have a bad game and be shooting thirty five. You know what I'm trying to say? You're, you're going to make a comeback. And that's really how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I get that sentiment with the New York Yankees. Like, look, three and a half games back. It's only June. Luke Voigt coming uh, back. We had injuries everywhere. People I are know. starting to be okay now. I know. I know. We 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 got we had a little bit of the injury bug. Concern. Aaron Hicks is Offensively, dead. what are we doing? <laughs> Lineups didn't kind of make sense at the beginning of the season. I understand that all those things were major factors. But it doesn't help when you get Brian Cashman giving you a weird quote. <laughs> it does not help, you know, to what, – what was that quote today? Um, was it uh, – here, here it is. Here it is. We made this bed and we're going to sleep in it. We are in this together. Just to give that type of confidence – and that was about Aaron Boone, by the way. I'm sorry if I didn't tee that up for everyone properly. That was a quote Brian Cashman had about Aaron Boone based on do you have any faith in the manager – um, and that was his quote. They made this bed. They're in it together. Tied at the hip, whatever. Oh, weird, man. Not giving me a whole, uh, a whole lot of confidence when you got to come out like that. It's like, no, I support Aaron Boone. Look, everyone goes to, I'm looking for something along those lines. Like, Hey, I support Aaron Boone. Everyone goes through these slumps. He's working through it. He's trying to figure things out. Da, 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 da. Give me that type of speech. Don't say, yeah, uh, we're in this bed together. It's not really giving me confidence. Not really giving me confidence. How do you feel about that quote? I feel the exact opposite. My goodness. I feel super confident from that quote. Because Get this man out of here. <laughs> because all I hear, Alex, is that we should fire Aaron Boone. Everything is Aaron Boone's fault. Losing the game is Aaron Boone's fault because at the presser he said, we're okay. <laughs> like that, like that is literally what the argument is at the end of the day. Because he doesn't freak out, because he doesn't yell at the umpires properly, because he doesn't like, because he's kind of stubborn with his lineups. The, the lineup stubbornness, at least for this year, it has to be coming from the top, and that's why I have confidence. Because Cashman's like, hey man, like. I'm, we're, we're all sitting in a room together and we're deciding what to do. How can I fire him? It makes no sense. You know what I mean? We all literally decided this. So we all decided on these players. We all decide on these decisions and the players aren't producing. That happens in baseball. Players get into the slumps. We have injuries. We're just a regular baseball team. And I think that Steinbrenner really is trying to get to that point. I know we still have like crazy contracts like Stanton. And Cole, but I really do think that Steinbrenner wants the Yankees to just be a normal baseball team. It's okay if we lose some games. We're gonna come back. Like it's not okay if we continue this the whole year. Then we'll be the Pirates. <laughs> but I'm saying that like it's okay to go through a slump as long as we bring it back. Luke Voigt's coming back. 
I like our pitching. Cole is on fire. I think he had like a 86 mile an hour of change up today. It's insane. Like he, he is going to carry our team through the playoffs. Jordan Montgomery. Yes. He's not that good. Yes. Luis Severino had a setback. None of these things are making me happy. Chapman's been kind of weird. But I really do have confidence that this team's going to pull together. DJ LeMahieu's going to be back. I think that by the time July, August rolls around, our pitching staff is going to be strong. And we're going to be fighting. We're going to be on on top of the wild card and fighting for a division spot. I love – I think, you know, I think all those are very real. I think we're going to be fighting for the – you said the division spot? We're going to be like around, like four or five games, like four or five games. It's not going to be like it is now. It's going to be like – we're going to smell it. It's going to be like, okay. all right, we have like a month, like just in case. You know what I mean? Win a series here. Like it's going to be around. I don't think we're going to be like one, two games out. It'll be like we could smell it territory. But we're going to be okay. on top of the, the wild card. Okay. Yeah. And I think we would win the wild card too. I don't – I'm not getting the – see, here's the thing. I know you're saying we're the – Stein, the Steinbrenners are thinking like let's be a regular baseball team. I think the thing is though is that there's an expectation with that comes with being the New York Yankees. It's just one of the most iconic franchises that's that's when you think about it the most winningest franchise possible, right? So saying that they're going to be a normal baseball team would kind of be below expectations for what the Yankees are. I know it sounds it's it, that the sound of that just sounds very snobbish and very elitist and all those type of things because it's like hey, we're supposed to be the best because we're the Yankees because we are the best. Uh, well, well I mean, logic, you're right, but I think, I think but, that's what makes everything, uh, that's what makes all this an overreaction. That's why I think it's an overreaction because there's this history of the name and stuff. Like, it's okay to lose some games. We don't have to fire our manager on his contract year, you know, because we lost some games. That sounds insane. But, but this is what they used to do in the past, right? Like, when you had, uh, George, uh, was it George Steinbrenner? You had everyone just being fired left and right if the things weren't going their way. That's what the Yankees were known for. It's like if you're not doing your job, you're gone, new guy in, and then everything would get back on no, theoretically get back on track. Toxic environment. No thank Absolutely you. Absolutely not. I'm not I'm not I'm not for that at all. I mean, honestly, you and I growing up, we had Joe Torrey for such the longest period of time, and then Joe Girardi as being the next manager, and now we're getting Aaron Boone and all those guys had long tenures, you know, it wasn't short tenures because you do need some sort of stability and I'm all for it. I'm just telling, I'm just, I'm just kind of like putting it all together. as like what the history is with this team, right. To understand where that thought process comes from. Let me ask you the, the last question before I get right. you out of here. All right. Oh, you, you gave me out of here. I didn't know I was the guest. <laughs> yeah. You're the guest today. <laughs> do you miss Binder Joe? Do I miss Binder Joe? Yeah, Binder Joe Girardi. Do you miss him? Not really. Okay. Do you? Um, I don't know. I no, like I don't. I'm not. I'm not like upset that we lost him. I don't wish I had him back. But do I kind of miss him? Do I kind of wish he was just there? And I know that everything's gonna be okay. I know that he like knows baseball a little <laughs> bit better than than this guy. I think I think so, man. I think. Oh I really, my I really god! Think so. I mean, so much experience as a catcher, like Aaron Boone's kind of tough, dude. I feel like he just oh listens my to everyone, and he just wants to be buddy buddy. But I'm not like dying for Joe Girardi, of course. I'm you really dying like for that, Buck Showalter. You That's sound like that dude who's just like you know. I missed my last ex because it was just very comfortable. I just knew I was going to get every single day. He I don't knows know why baseball, I let it go. Dude. He knows baseball. 
I don't know why I let her go. I don't. I don't know. This why guy I sucks. Let her go. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it just tells me everything is fine. It's not fine, Alex. It's not fine. <laughs> oh, Maybe Buck Showalter. I want Buck Showalter so bad. Yo, do I I'm do with you. I, I I'm with you. Buck Showalter would be awesome. Think about Somebody. it, man. We get rid of Adam Gase. You bring in Salah. You get rid of Fisdale. You bring in Tibbs. You get rid of Aaron Boone. You bring in Showalter. It's perfect. I would love it. He knows his stuff, man. Please. Yes. For the love of goodness. For the love of goodness. That's it. Uh, that's how that's how I want to end this, man, because I still believe in the Yankees. Of course. They won today. Hey. The Yankees are pride and joy. I, they're the good thing about baseball, right? <laughs> no cap. You could make things you could make things happen. Yankees are the, one of the most <laughs> uh wealthiest franchises. In sports, so they can buy people. They can do whatever. That's this how they roll. We're gonna trade Aaron Judge, but that's for a different day. Wow, yeah, different day. I thought you said you want to end this, end this on a happy note. I know. Sheesh. I'm just saying that is gonna happen. That's okay. My God, my goodness gracious! And on that note, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. Podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star review and to leave a comment if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. We are available on all other streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. On top of that, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Our private handles, whether it's John Malika, which is at J Malika. You can find me, Alex Terrace, at, at Tradicaster101. You can find our podcast on all social media platforms. Just look for at Nick's Jets ETC. All right. Just for us, just for a note, and just for a note on the next Jets episode. The next next episode is going to be normal, but I'm going to be traveling for the next Jets episodes for the next couple weeks. So bear with us. We're going to see how this schedule is going to work out, but we're definitely going to keep you updated on the Jets, and you'll definitely see some Jets articles coming your way from the from, from across the ocean. Yeah, make sure to follow uh, John at the Jet Press because that's where you can find his writing. So. Very good stuff, and and some and some and some Euro info, right? Alex? And some Euro info. He will be giving. He will be giving <laughs> the four one on soccer. Some of us will be confused, <laughs> i.e., me. But tune in because John is. We're going to see if John wants to give some monologues and whatnot. It, it will be an interesting time. Things are definitely happen. an interesting. Things time. are happening, man. Things are happening at Euro twenty twenty. I'll be at Portugal, France. I'll be at the playoff game in Budapest. Things are happening. Let's go. Let's go Italy versus France at the finals. That's what I want. That's what I need. All right. Catch you later, everyone.